What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of True Crime Society Podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It is October 18th right now, two full days before we put out this episode. So that's where we're going to be in terms of being up to date on the Murdoch. Yes, I said Murdoch <laughs> case. Even though in the last podcast I addressed, I've heard it said Murdoch. I've heard it said Murdoch. I've heard it said Murdoch. And we chose to say it the way that we chose to say it. And I said, don't message me if it's wrong. Many messages about how I'm a fucking idiot. And we all know this because I couldn't say epitome. I can't say Murdoch. We get it. But apparently, Alec Murdoch says his name as Alec Murdoch. So we're going to run with that from now on. I will say it correctly. (laughs) I will say it correctly so you can all rest easy. Seems to be a big point of contention because we've had so many messages from people saying, this is how I say it. This is like all different ways. There's hardly anyone who, you know, has a definitive answer. Um, We'll just run with how he says it in the 911 call. You know, I I actually, we got bombarded with messages from me and people. We really don't, but you know how it is when you, (laughs) like two or three messages that you feel like are kind of mean, you're just like, how rude. Someone's like, is this a joke? This is not how you say it. <laughs> I know. Like we like apparently apparently for Southern people, that's just like normal. That's how it would be said. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not Southern. It's funny. Well, not funny, but it's interesting because if I'm ever listening to something and I know <clears throat> that the pronunciation is different, I'm just like, well, it doesn't really make a difference to the story. <laughs> and also, like I get it's someone's name and I guess it's different with names, but like I say Nike. And you say Nike, right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of the times I think it can be um, regional. Like, yeah. you know, even I've, yeah, people pronounce different things based on where you are from. But obviously a name is a little bit different because however yeah. the person who owns the name says it, I guess, is how yeah. it should be pronounced. But anyway, ongoing Alec Murdoch. That's probably going to be wrong again. But anyway. <laughs> um, along with the criticism of how we pronounce his name we also got some like reviews about kind of like the layout of our podcast so we are tossing around some ideas on how to kind of make more people happy i know we can't make everyone happy but i get that some people don't like hearing about the updates which i get like if it's a case you didn't follow and we're talking about it you don't care so we're thinking about maybe putting making those kind of like a segment like updates on cases we've talked about and putting it at the end that way if you don't care you could just shut it off and if you care you can keep listening that's one idea we're having It'd be an easier, easier for us to kind of break it up that way. So, for example, if we know the main content goes for 50 minutes, you can skip to different parts and, you know, things like that as well. So, like, well, I think the majority of people have said they love our chat or enjoy hearing the chat and um, the updates, but we know it's not for everyone. Some people only have a short amount of time to listen and just want the main content. So we're trying to figure out, yeah, how we can please everybody or attempt to yeah, please everybody. Yeah, like we'll still <laughs> do like a little intro like this but then instead of going into updates we would just go into the story and then do them but another thing is some people don't like the chat some people do but that's kind of what our podcast has always been it's always been marketed as a casual true crime chat like two friends just talking about crime so if that's not for you then it's not for you and that's fine some people like it some people don't i also think now i was saying to you earlier now that we're weekly i think the updates are probably even more relevant because they'll be more kind of real time it'll only be a few days in between recording each one um so it's not like you have to wait you know weeks and weeks for an update on whatever case so i know i like the updates but obviously you gotta work out what's best for everyone so if you have any ideas or suggestions feel free to message us and don't leave us a passive aggressive kind of mean (laughs) review about it because it hurts my feelings and it makes me cry in my kitchen I said today on our Instagram too, if you guys have any suggestions, we are like absolutely want to hear them. You know, so there might be something that we haven't thought of or something that we need to look at again. So you can always feel free to either message us or email us at truecrimesociety at gmail.com because we'd love to hear it. Um, and we can obviously most of the time come up with a workaround or a way to incorporate whatever your idea or suggestion is. So we definitely want to hear it. Don't just leave it and hope that we can read your mind about what you want. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely willing to 
They're very receptive. changes and it's good to just hear what other people think. Just yeah. just don't hurt my feelings and don't make me cry when I'm PMSing. Thank you. <laughs> but we're going to talk about at least one update just because it's a big case that we know everyone follows that we haven't talked about yet. And then we're going to talk about a new case that we're following right now. For every episode going forward, we're going to put the timestamp when the actual episode starts. So if you don't want to hear us chat at all, if you really just want to hear the story, you can go exactly to that spot and that's where it'll start. So if you don't care right now, you don't want to hear us talk, look at the notes and go there. All right, so the one update we are going to talk about is Gabby Petito. We, I know this came out a few days ago now. So it's actually just Stephanie right now. We did record a little bit about the latest updates with Gabby and Brian. The latest being at the time was that we found out Gabby's cause of death was strangulation. So we talked a little bit about that. But now, today, as you guys know, probably by now, that... It seems like they may have found Brian's remains. It's been kind of a crazy day as far as updates. We found out that there was some activity going on at the reserve, even though they had closed. I mean, they had opened the reserve to the public again yesterday. There really wasn't a lot of search activity, it seemed, over the weekend. It kind of seemed like things were quieting down a bit. But then this morning, there was activity at the reserve again, according to the reporters, and it looked like Brian's parents were there, which people thought was weird. So the laundry family attorney put out a statement that said, Chris and Roberta Laundry went to the Mayakachi Creek Environmental Park this morning to search for Brian. The FBI and Northport Police Department were informed last night of Brian's parents' intentions and they met Chris and Roberta there this morning. After a brief search off a trail that Brian frequented, some articles belonging to Brian were found. As of now, law enforcement is conducting a more thorough investigation of that area. So from there, the reporters were posting all the different vehicles that were showing up at the reserve, and then it turns out that they called the medical examiner. So immediately we're all like, what is going on? Why is the medical examiner there? Did they find a body? Then they started setting up tents um, that the helicopters saw, and I feel like tents are kind of always not a great sign when they're searching for a body, because it usually is to cover a body or something like that. Then it was being said that partial human remains were found along with items that belonged to Brian, and the FBI just did a press conference a few minutes ago, and they didn't really give any other information besides the fact that they found what appears to be human remains with a backpack and notebook that belonged to Brian. So they haven't confirmed that the remains are Brian yet, but the notebook and the backpack were his. Um, and that the area that they found the body in, it was, they were searching around there, but until now, that part of the reserve was actually underwater. So that's why they weren't able to find this then. Um, a lot of people are suspicious with the parents like suddenly going and then this happening hopefully we'll get more information in the weeks following but right now fbi still isn't willing to give any information i thought it was interesting that they found a notebook with him um it would be pretty unfortunate if brian wrote some big confession or some chaotic manifesto and then it ended up being underwater and we'll never get to know what it says who knows? Like I said, hopefully we find out some more information soon, but that's all. Oh, and Olivia wanted me to say that Brian, as usual, is super inconvenient because obviously she couldn't be here to re-record this part because it was very last minute as the episode comes out tomorrow and she lives in an opposite time zone as me, so it's bright and early in the morning there. All right, back to whatever we were talking about in the podcast originally. <laughs> but her cause of death came out as strangulation by throttling, which means that Brian literally used his own hands and strangled her until she was dead, which is really hardcore if you think about it, because it does take probably several minutes, at least like a handful of minutes to strangle someone. So I think that you could, if it does ever go to trial, if they find him alive, could easily argue that it was 
in a sense that he could have stopped himself from killing her. Like, if you're strangling someone, you realize that they're choking and you realize that they're dying. You have enough time to stop yourself. I did Google it just to see, you know, how kind of long it does take. It says that the person might pass out within, you know, 10 to 15 seconds, but it can take up to 10 minutes-ish to die. Like, it can be quicker, but sometimes it can take a lot longer. So... Um, it's not something that he just did for a few seconds and then, oh shit, this is obviously something that he had minutes probably to keep going with. Yeah. So that's really it with Gabby. We're going to talk briefly about another case that is happening in Australia about a little missing girl. Her name is Cleo Smith. So Cleo went missing from Western Australia on Saturday. So here in Australia now, it's Tuesday morning. So she has been missing for over 72 hours now. She's a sweet little tiny thing. Um, She was camping with her family in a tent. I think it was her mother, the mother's partner. I've heard mixed things about if it's her actual husband or a boyfriend. But anyway, it's not Cleo's biological father. And then also Cleo's younger sister, they were all in a tent. Um, I've seen some photos of the tent. It doesn't look like an enormous, you know, tent set up, just a usual camping set up enough for four people. Um, but Cleo's mother has said that um, she woke up at one or was awake at 1.30 and she had there was an interaction with Cleo, which is in quotes, which is interesting. But then when the mother and the family woke up again at 6am, Cleo was not in the tent and neither is her adult sized sleeping bag was also missing. So there's been not actually a whole lot of information about the circumstances in this case, which is interesting. Um I don't know. I don't know. Like people keep messaging and say, are the, are the parents, inv- are, they, are they involved? Have they been cleared? And they haven't. No one, as far as I know, has been cleared. Yesterday, which was Monday, homicide detectives turned up to the scene. It's very remote. Like they've released aerial photos. There's probably six or seven at least other camp, you know, camp sites set up in the area. It's right near the ocean it's very remote. Um, I described it as like scrubland, so it's not the bush. Yeah, not the bush. It's not tall trees like the bush, but lots of low kind of dry scrub. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just I find it hard that like some people are like maybe she dragged the sleeping bag, but it's a huge no bright way. red adult size sleeping bag. Um, I don't know. I just find it would be, I think she looks so little. It would be so much for her to be dragging around. I feel like more likely is that she was taken in the sleeping bag. Yeah, that was um, my first thought too. Maybe if it was a kid's sleeping bag and she like brought it with yeah. her, but I don't see her bringing, without waking up anyone, bringing a huge sleeping bag that's probably double her like height in length. Yeah. And even things like, you know, everyone's like, how could the parents not hear the tent being unzipped? I'm assuming they would have zipped it up. You know, how could they have not heard it being unzipped? Was the tent unzipped when they woke up? Um, There's just all these kind of common sense questions that there aren't any answers to yet. Um, Police have said that they've asked the locals in the area to check all their garbage bins for signs of maybe the red sleeping bag or anything that's kind of related to the case. And they've been checking cars and caravans that are going in and out of the area just to double check that Cleo isn't in them or that there's, you know, any evidence going out. I hope they find her today. I feel like if she did wander, which I don't probably think she did, that time is running out now. It's been, you know, 70, more than 72 hours without food or water for her. Obviously, you know, yeah. that would be the best outcome if she'd wander and they can find her today. But I'm not entirely sure what is going on with that case. It's very unusual. It's kind of got the attention of the whole country. Yeah. Hate to say it, but just the sleeping bag stuff makes me automatically suspicious of the parents or anyone who was in the tent. You think that, like, if Cleo did leave in the sleeping bag, like, she's either, you know, this is obviously just going on the wandering or, you know, leaving herself theory. She either had to get out of the sleeping bag, you know, like kids kind of jump around in a, you know, like. Yeah. If she did that. that, Yeah, that's what I mean. She would have absolutely woken up, up, up the others. So I think that means that she had to have got out of the sleeping bag and taken it with her. And I just feel like she wouldn't have gotten that far carrying it. I feel like even if she got out of it and was taking it with her, it's, like, so big that it would have been yeah. hard for her to carry. It still would have made a lot of noise. Unzipping the tent, like, I don't it's know like, if they're heavy sleepers, but that would have for sure woken me up. Sleeping bags are made out of that, you know, plasticky, uh, it's obviously yeah, not plastic, but, you like, know, like crinkly. that crinkly, loud material. Like windbreaker um, material. I don't yeah. know what it's called. 
Yeah. So, um, like you, I like I don't know, so, like people, and this is obviously all speculation, but people have been theorizing that they were drinking the parents possibly, which is why they didn't hear Cleo. Which, you know, again is a possibility. Obviously, we don't know. They might not drink. I don't know. But it's there's all these different theories going around about reasons why they may not have heard whatever happened happened. But yeah, there's really um, not much info out yet. So no. So. Anyway, hopefully she'll be found soon. We've got a blog. I'll update it as more information comes out, but you can go and check it out. And hopefully by the time we record next time, there's some good news about her case. finish talking about Alec Murdoch and some of this was recorded before so there might still be a Murdoch in there here or there I'll try to edit them out to not offend anyone but there might be one that sneaks in right our best all right so last week in the Murdoch case we kind of gave you a background of the family up until um probably the end of June 2021 in their story so if you haven't listened make sure you do because you will be a bit confused as why we're you know starting right here but we'll kick it off again with um an event that happened on July 7 this year Connor Cook who was one of the occupants on the boat of the night of the fatal crash that killed Mallory Beach has come out and said that he believes unnamed people may have intended to frame him as the driver for the boat Jervis, thanks so much. Tonight only on Fox, a new lawsuit being filed against Alex Murdoch, accusing him and others of trying to frame a teen for a deadly boat crash. They are trying to shift the blame from Paul Murdoch's own son, from Alex Murdoch's own son, Paul, who was facing charges in that boat crash. It happened in 2019 and led to the death of 19-year-old Mallory Beach. Now, that charge was dismissed after he and his mom's death in June. I spoke with the lawyer representing Connor Cook, another teen who was on that boat when it crashed. He tells me that Alex Murdoch was working behind the scenes to blame Cook for the crash. He also says Murdoch encouraged the Cook family to hire an attorney who he knew personally. Here's more from this exclusive interview. And another piece of this lawsuit I find uh, very interesting, troubling at the same time, is a man's name we've heard uh, uh, to lawyer, Corey Fleming. And it's interesting he keeps popping up uh, in a lot of these cases where it seems where Murdoch's said, hey, you should get this attorney. And it come to find out, you know, he goes, his relationship with Alex Murdoch goes way back to college, and he's a godfather to one of the sons. I mean, his name's brought up in this lawsuit, and then you have the Gloria Satterfield case. It's a bizarre thing that this just keeps happening, and it's all coming to light in the last just couple weeks. Well, I mean, these are unfortunate coincidences for Mr. Fleming, and perhaps they're mere coincidence. Uh, I don't, not a strong believer in coincidence, but my involvement in this case came about uh, by reason of what the Cook family, the Connor Cook family, believed was being done to their son. My job initially was to ensure that uh, the police found their way to charging the right person, not the wrong person. Connor believes that some of the evidence taken from the scene is now missing and his lawyers want to question officers about the investigation. So his lawyers have filed a petition to new depositions from the separate wrongful death suit, which is what we kind of spoke about last week too, on behalf of Mallory Beach's estate. They show at least five law enforcement officers were interviewed by attorneys about the actions during the boat crash investigation. This next bit of information comes from the Island Packet newspaper. This source has done so much work on this case so if you really you know you want to do even more of a deep dive go and check out all their articles 
Basically, the petition names the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, the Beaufort County Sheriff's Office, and unknown others as defendants. In 20 days, Connor Cook will ask a judge for an order allowing him to depose and obtain the personal and law enforcement cell phones of the officers who investigated the crash. If a judge approves the order, Connor's attorneys will ask law enforcement officers about the boat crash investigation statements collected from the boat crash passengers on body cameras and other video and audio footage, physical evidence collected, DNA and other biological evidence collected, phone, verbal and other communications that were taken throughout the investigation, investigative failures and deficiencies, the officer's relationship to the people involved in the investigation, which is an interesting one. Mm. Um, Connor also believes that law enforcement officers failed to conduct an appropriate investigation. This is because the officers did not give Paul Murdoch a sobriety test and other investigative irregularities, according to the filing. This led to a loss of evidence. So the people who have been named in the petition may have information as to a campaign to cloud the investigatory issues and disseminate false information in the community. So it's a lot of words, but basically they're saying that these people or alleging that these people have tried to cover up what actually happened on the night to either lessen the blow for Paul and his family or to kind of shift the blame to someone else. And Paul didn't, he didn't really get in any trouble considering he accidentally killed someone by being negligent. He didn't even have to wear, have a monitor, like an alcohol monitor. He could do whatever he wanted. I wonder if he lost his boating license or anything like that even. But Connor Cook has basically said that he was almost charged, like basically that the police indicated that Connor should be arrested and charged as the boat operator with multiple counts of felony boating under the influence. So, Which is crazy because there's also three other people at least that were on the boat that would have said Paul was driving it. So they also released around this time some recordings that were taken the night of the crash. You can hear, I don't think they're public, I'll have a look and make sure, but I've just found kind of the summary of them. But you can hear Mallory's boyfriend, Anthony, yelling at Paul, who tells police that Paul was the one driving the boat when it crashed and that Mallory was thrown into the swirling current. He said, this motherfucker needs to rot in fucking prison. He ain't going to get in no fucking trouble. When Paul allegedly smiled at Anthony, Anthony erupted screaming, you fucking smile like it's fucking funny. My fucking girlfriend's gone. So you can kind of see. Like they all knew that he was so privileged that nothing would even happen to him. Yeah, and that Paul knew, like, you know, he's just smug and smiling and, you know, nothing's going to touch me. Mug bitch society. (laughs) So we're now at August 15, 2021. There was a solicitor who recused himself from the homicide cases of Paul and Maggie. Solicitor Duffy Stone told South Carolina Attorney General that Alan Wilson, in a letter, that he intended to recuse himself from the investigation into the Murdoch homicides. Stone asked Wilson to assume all prosecutorial functions in this matter effective immediately and states the request came considering the events of today in the state law enforcement division's investigation into the shootings. doesn't specify what the details are. Um, I hope we find out more about why, but I, I suspect this may have to do with kind of the whole old boys society and everyone being involved and Duffy Stone has kind of realised what is going to happen. Yeah. All this kind of comes to light. Time for people to start resigning. <laughs> Time for people, yeah, people are getting scared now, I think. Once people start resigning, that's how you know it's suspicious. <laughs> so now we're at September 3, Alex Murdoch resigned from his position at his law firm. There was allegations that came out that he'd been misappropriating funds for years from the law firm. So this is the start of the absolute chaos and wildness, even more so of this case. September 4, so this is the day after he resigned, at 1.34pm, Alex Murdoch made a 911 call. He told the dispatcher that he'd been shot in the head while changing the tyre of his car. His story was that a truck passed him while he was working on the car, turned around and came back, and someone in the truck shot him in the head. Alex was airlifted to the Memorial Health University Medical Centre in Savannah, his lawyer said, and he was able to speak with family members by a cell phone that afternoon. His family released a statement the same day and they said the Murdoch family has suffered through more than any one family can ever imagine. We expect Alex to recover and ask for your privacy while he recovers. It's interesting that they released a statement. Like, 
Who do they think they yeah, are? Like, <laughs> we, don't, we don't need a statement. No, like, no, you know, no one asked. Like, I guess that they were probably getting a lot of calls or whatever, but it just seems weird that they think they're, you know, eligible to release a statement. Like, who are you? <laughs> so even though Alex was airlifted to the hospital, which seems strange to me because the gunshot turned out to be superficial. So I can't like. And in his, his mugshot. Which comes a few days after. Yeah, a few days later. Um, not to spoil. There's <laughs> he's just doesn't even have a mark on him. No. So his lawyers have maintained that his injuries he did have kind of significant injuries, which were a brain bleed, a fractured skull, and an entry and exit wound from the shooting. I don't know about that. Like based, yeah, like it sounds to me like it was a graze almost, like the bullet kind of grazed his head. He doesn't even have a scratch. I just can't believe they the airlifted. I guess maybe if they thought it was a report of a, I don't know how it works, but if it was a reported gunshot to the head, they just airlifted him anyway. And you're forgetting that he is South Carolina royalty. The king of South Carolina. <laughs> Mass panic. <laughs> Two days after the shooting, which is September 6th, Alex released a statement, another statement, and told us <laughs> that he would be entering drug rehab. He must think he's just a celebrity. I guess he probably is down in that. Well, that area. Because he's a lawyer. Yeah. He, he loves statements. <laughs> the murders of my wife and son have caused an incredibly difficult time in my life. I have made a lot of decisions that I truly regret. I am resigning from my law firm and entering rehab after a long battle that has been exacerbated by these murders. I am immensely sorry to everyone I've hurt, including my family, friends, and colleagues. I ask for prayers as I rehabilitate myself and my relationships. So by this stage, Alex had been released from the hospital. So. For a head gunshot wound, he was in there for a day maybe, which is, you know, kind of goes along with the whole superficial wound thing. For a broken skull, like a fractured skull and a, and a brain bleed, a brain bleed yeah. apparently. Alex's former law firm PMPD released a statement about the misappropriation of funds. They've said this is disappointing news for all of us. And they noted that they'd cut all ties with Alex and that millions of dollars were missing. His former law firm also spoke to people and they said PMPED is focused on representing our valued clients. Alex Murdoch is no longer associated with our firm in any manner. Questions related to Alex's arrest should be directed to law enforcement agencies. <laughs> and then another statement by the family, which is Alex's brother, Randy. So Alex is a, an attorney or a lawyer with the same law firm that Alex was with. He said, I was shocked, just as the rest of my PMPD family, to learn of my brother Alex's drug addiction and stealing of money. I love my law firm family and also love Alex as my brother. While I will support him in his recovery, I do not support, condone, or excuse his conduct in stealing by manipulating his most trusted relationships. So it all really, really comes tumbling down for Alex in September this year. On September 15, SLED announced that a former legal client of Alex's, Curtis Edward Smith, had been arrested for having conspired with Alex to kill him in the shooting earlier this month. The motivation was that his remaining son, Buster, would receive a $10 million insurance payout. Curtis was charged with assisted suicide, aggravated assault and battery, and insurance fraud. Alex was suffering from, quote, massive depression and wanting to kill himself, and he admitted to concocting this assisted suicide as murder scheme because he wrongly believed his son would not receive the insurance money if he committed suicide. He's not a very good lawyer if he can't even read his own life insurance contract. Yeah, right. So anyway, Curtis was also allegedly the source for Alex's drug addiction. He seems to have liked to partake in some oxycodone over the years. I read that he had a 20-year addiction. Interesting. Crazy. I want to hear more about that. I haven't really seen anyone talk about that. So on this day, SLED also announced that they would be opening an investigation into the 2018 death of the Murdoch family housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. So we spoke about Gloria's case last week. She allegedly had a bit of a trip and fall down the stairs at one of the Murdoch family homes and there was no autopsy ever undertaken. So make sure you go and listen to that part. The descendant's death was not reported to the coroner at the time, nor was an autopsy performed, Coroner Angela Topper said. On the death certificate, the manner of death was ruled natural, which is inconsistent with injuries sustained in a trip and fall accident. So they're looking at starting to look into this one too. 
Here's another new wrinkle, though. State investigators with SLED opened a new criminal investigation into the 2018 death of Murdoch's former housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. To add fuel to that fire, both the Satterfield sons are suing Murdoch in, in a case tied to the, their mom's death. Attorneys say the twists don't stop there. After she fell, um, Alex uh, handpicked a lawyer on behalf of the boys for the purpose of suing Alex. And that lawyer was a, a close personal colleague of Alex's. Apparently, some action was brought. Uh, some money was recovered. Now, the lawsuit claims that Satterfield's two sons have not seen a single diamond payments from Murdoch. So again, lots of moving parts here as this case continues to unfold. And there's more expected to come out today in court. I don't know if this is the place to say this, but do you feel like he was really wanting to make, commit suicide because I feel like that was never his plan. I feel like he just wanted to be like the same person that killed my wife and son is trying to kill me now, like secretly. And then it backfired. And now his backup no, story. I, feel like, I don't know. I don't actually know what his motivation was for that. I just feel like there's a whole bunch of bad decisions being made here. I don't know. But it's like you couldn't even do a good job at hiring someone to kill you. And the story made no sense. That's what annoyed me the most is how... How could it have not been a plan conducted by him? Because what is the chance that his car breaks down at yeah. the same time someone's driving by who <laughs> wants to shoot him? It made no sense. And I remember at the time, like, when it came out that he'd been shot in the head, we all knew it was sus, but we didn't know at the time what had actually happened. Like, it's just it's just such a crazy story that he actually thought anyone would believe this. I guess in the end, maybe, maybe he thought he was going to be dead and he wouldn't have to deal with it. <laughs> I don't know. It, it almost goes with, along with the being tone deaf thing. He was like, people will believe this. Yeah. Um, so September kept getting worse for Alex. On September 16, he turned himself into police and he was arrested. He was charged with insurance fraud, conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, fraud and filing a false police report. So the SLED chief, Mark Keel, spoke to the media and he said, I can assure you that the SLED agents will continue working to bring justice to anyone involved with any criminal act associated with these ongoing investigations. The arrest in this case are only the first step in that process, which I think is quite an interesting um, statement because I'm assuming he may be re referring also to the murders of Maggie and Paul. Seems like possibly. it. Like, you know, anyway, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I feel like he was like, talking in code in a way don't, like it's almost like with the brian stuff when they released his arrest warrant they're like why are they only charging him with credit card fraud or it's just a step in the process it's a trap yeah an arraignment and bond hearing was held on uh, that week at 4 p.m at the hampton county magistrates court during the hearing alex was granted a total of twenty thousand in personal recognizance bonds on three charges he was required to surrender his u.s passport they asked Alex's attorney, Dick Harpotlian, I think is how you say his name, what his state of mind was. And he said, he's in the jail. That's his state of mind. <laughs> Poor Alex, sad yes. face I wrote in the script. <laughs> <laughs> Dick spoke to the court that day again, and he said that Alex was not a danger to the community and the only violence he had committed was against himself. He said that Alex was not a flight risk. Alex has fallen from grace. He's not a man of means anymore. He doesn't have the financial means to leave the country. So during the hearing, Dick also spoke about the murders of Paul and Maggie, and Alex got upset and began crying and was wiping tears away. He was wearing a chain connecting handcuffs and ankle restraints and a beige jumpsuit, and Alex addressed the court only by saying yes, madam, when he was asked a direct question by the judge. Dick also spoke in the court that day about how Alex's addiction had spanned over 20 years and his team of attorneys released a statement. They said, On September 4, it became clear that Alex believed that ending his life was his only option. Today he knows that's not true. For the last 20 years, there have been many people feeding his addiction to opioids. During that time, these individuals took advantage of his addiction and his ability to pay substantial funds for illegal drugs. One of those individuals took advantage of his mental illness and agreed to take Alex's life by shooting him in the head. Fortunately, Alex was not killed by the gunshot wound. Alex is fully cooperating with SLED in their investigations into his shooting, opioid use, and the search to find the person or people responsible for the murder of his wife and son. 
Alex is not without fault, but he is just one of the many whose life has been devastated by opioid addiction. It's interesting because basically they say in that whole statement that it's not his fault. <laughs> that everyone say, everyone took how- advantage and gave him the drugs, but at the end it's not his uh, you know, he'll he'll take the fault at the end. I was just gonna say the same thing. Apparently Alex is the victim here. Like everyone has done him wrong. Yeah, drug dealers suck in our dirtbags, but Alex is not the victim here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like no one conned him into doing <laughs> drugs. And there's like it's funny when you think about all these dead people associated. So his wife, his son, the housekeeper, Mallory, all these people have died. And it's just that whole thing is just all about Alex still. Yeah, and it's it's all the drug dealers' faults. Yeah. So Alex's former law firm PMPD released yet another statement at the end of September. They said he lied and stole from us. No member was aware of Alex's scheme. When we learned he betrayed our trust, we requested his resignation immediately. We have yet to speak to anyone who is aware of his addiction to opioids. So it's he seems to have hidden it well. Like I have actually no doubt that he was addicted to drugs for a long time. Um, but I wonder if they just kind of let him ride on his coattails, you know, of the Murdoch family name and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, the law firm also spoke about the funds that Al- Murdoch, Alex Murdoch allegedly took from their firm and they said it will not affect their business operations. No client will suffer a financial loss as a result of Alex's misconduct. They, I guess they've had a lot of questions from you know their clients about what will happen. They also spoke about the death of Gloria Satterfield and the claims that there was a substantial amount of money that was collected in a death settlement case and the family didn't see any of it. We have read the media reports from the lawsuit and settlement regarding the death of Gloria. If these reports are accurate, we are stunned as to what has occurred. It is important for everyone to know that PMPD did not re-represent Alex in that case. His insurance company hired counsel to represent him. There's been a bit, a few updates. We'll go into them kind of in chronological order. So we'll circle back to the Gloria settlement in a minute. The most, like I said, the earliest update was that there's been a change of venue motion filed by the attorneys representing Parker's store, which we spoke about in the last episode. That's where Paul bought the alcohol that they all drank before the fatal crash. They wanted to move the um, venue to another county, but a judge denied that request. This info came from Fox News. South Carolina's 16th Circuit Judge Daniel D. Hall denied a change of venue motion, ruling that the defendant Greg Parker, the CEO of Parker's Convenience Stores, failed to present enough evidence that changing the venue would promote convenience of witnesses and ends of justice. The decision filed in Hampton County Common Pleas Court Friday. The plaintiff, Beach's mother, Renee Beach, as well as the other two defendants, Alex Murdoch and his son Buster, are all from Hampton County and had opposed the change of venue. I did read an article that the Parker's store owner wanted to change it because said a lot of them work night shift, so they have to, if they have to be at the court at 7am, there's no way they could be ready for work at 7pm and things like that. So it's... Um, you know, it's a bit of a non-update, but I guess it just shows that things are still happening in the case. Just a few days ago, a settlement was reached again in the Gloria Satterfield case. Um, they got new lawyers after kind of the first payment for their death settlement never came through. Um, the Bland Richter LLP is their new law firm. They said a settlement was reached between Satterfield's estate, Corey Fleming, who was their first lawyer, and the insurance carrier connected to the lawsuit. They said, Mr. Fleming and his firm agreed that the estate will be paid back all legal fees and expenses. So basically, Corey Fleming, the allegation is that he kind of worked with Alex Murdoch to siphon this death settlement money so that the Satterfield family never saw any of it. There was a total of $4.3 million. So... I don't get how people think they can just get away with stuff like that. I guess Alex just thought he was invincible and, you know, he did get away with it for a few years. But um, this is actually a really crazy part of this case that he thought he could get away with it. It turns out that the first lawyer was referred to Gloria's sons by Alex Murdoch and that the lawyer was also one of Alex's best friends and college roommates. So this is the whole old boys society working together to kind of siphon this money. We learned a little bit more about this whole money laundering scheme on October 5. Alex had diverted the death settlement into an account that was said to be fraudulent. Gloria's sons said they trusted Alex. I guess, you know, he'd work, their mother had worked for him for 20 years and they said they trusted him to handle the insurance proceeds correctly and that Alex and his team all lied to them in the handling of money. Basically, 
Long story short, Alex made a fake company that these checks were sent to. Um, they've, like fake payouts, basically. Yeah. Right. So in the court documents, you can see copies of checks which show the exact dollar amounts of death settlement money that was approved, but it never reached the saddle fields. The checks had a false name for the recipient and were sent to a PO box in Hampton. This info comes from thestate.com. It says, over the next few months, Beaufort attorney Corey Fleming made two separate wrongful death claims for Satterfield's son, one for 505000 and one for $3.8 million. Of the $3.8 million, the sons were supposed to receive $2.76 million, with the rest going to attorney's fees. The attorneys met with Judge Mullen on both claims and both were approved. However, checks attached to the filing show that for both claims, Fleming wrote settlement checks to an account titled Forge. Forge Consulting is an Atlanta-based company known for creating settlement structures to stretch out settlement payments over time. Forge recently released a statement saying it had no involvement in or knowledge of the alleged inappropriate conduct of Alex Murdoch. Fleming was directed by Alex to write the checks to Forge, which were then sent to the PO box in Hampton. So basically, it sounds like Alex has created this Forge company to make it look like it was a legit settlement company. Mm-hmm. And it was just all of a sudden. And just stole half ending. the name. Yeah. It just like stole the name of like the actual company. So that like if they, people- Googled, they might think it was legit or something, I guess. But like when people tried to make a group called Death After Dusk for our Death After Dark group. <laughs> oh, so it's pretty wild. Like he did get away it's with so it for scammy. a long time. So scammy. Um, I think the only reason he even like kind of got away with it because the only reason I kind of have any background knowledge in any of this is because I used to work at a law firm. So I know when you win the settlement, obviously, like the attorney gets some and you get some, but also all the services or like medical bills and stuff that was paid for to reach the settlement gets paid back too. So if he's writing checks to all these fake companies being like, oh, like this is a company we use for this and this is a company we use for this as a regular person you're just like oh okay yeah like you would think yeah fine you you trust your attorney <laughs> <laughs> so that was october 5 october 6 pmpd lodged a lawsuit against alex that's his former law firm this info also comes from the island packet a great great source um they filed the suit wednesday in collerton county court alleging its former employee was able to covertly covertly steal these funds by disguising disbursements from settlements as payments. So it sounds like he was doing this whole forge thing quite a lot, not just for the death settlement, but for other clients as well. Yeah. Yeah. It says, in a statement about the lawsuit, PMPD said Alex submitted to the firm and clients false documentation that allowed him to funnel stolen money into fraudulent bank accounts. Alex, in an unauthorized manner and without the consent or knowledge of his former partners to further his scheme to defraud. The lawsuit wants to find out where the money went and if any of it is hidden away. I'd love to know. I haven't seen an actual figure for how much they're alleging that he stole from the firm, but it's millions, they've said. I'd love to know how much it is. millions, yeah. PMPD also wants to know whether Alex has signed any agreements that would allow him to make any money from books, interviews, or other publicity. He seems to like the publicity, so I wouldn't try and doubt that. Yeah. Um, so a lawyer for Alex, Jim Griffin, said he had not seen the lawsuit and couldn't comment. This is just a few days ago, so this is all kind of breaking news. He said, I know it is a very sad day for all members of that firm and whom hold whom Alex holds in highest esteem. He has pledged his full cooperation to get these issues resolved. Corey Fleming, who we spoke about earlier, he's kind of Alex's old roommate, best bud friend. He's also released a statement. He's banished Alex now. He doesn't want to be associated with Yeah, now they're all ready to put out statements. (laughs) They're all turning. When it came time to disperse the settlement funds, Mr. Fleming trusted his close friend and colleague to deal with him truthfully and honorably, only to be misled and deceived in one of the (laughs) worst possible ways for a lawyer. Alex Murdoch lied to Mr. Fleming to steal client funds. It's really gone wrong for Alex. His wife and son are dead. All his friends have abandoned him he's lost his job he's got no money um but it's all the drug dealer's fault it's definitely not alex's fault not at all alex is a victim also it seems like there's just more and more updates every day um and i'm assuming that's going to be you know kind of happening ongoing as things progress but which this is a little bit 
shocking to me. I don't know why it shouldn't have been, but um, we learned that when Alex was reportedly shot in the head, he had drugs in his system. He tested positive for opiates and barbiturates. He also had traces of four other drugs, amphetamine, cocaine, benzos, and cannabinoids. So that's interesting. I don't know. I'm not surprised that there was drugs, but I'm surprised maybe at the type of drugs he had in his system. I don't know why, though. It does kind of make me believe the suicide theory more because maybe he just really drugged himself up to be like all right this is it yeah but um i still think he's a dick i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like uh, i'll say what i have to say after the next part i guess okay like i know i said alex just before too i need to get better oh geez (laughs) i don't know why he why doesn't he just spell it a-l-e-k or a-l-e-c then it would be easier i just read it how i see it it's because that's alex it's alex he's just a dick who wants his name is alexander like it's not yeah, like it's yeah. like, <laughs> oh, anyway, all right. The man accused of shooting Alec in the suicide plot spoke to the Today Show recently as well. I'm going to try and find a clip, so I'll send you that if I can. I have it. Oh, good. Okay. In September, adding to the mystery, Murdoch said he was shot in the head on a rural road. Law enforcement now believes Murdoch conspired with Curtis Eddie Smith to kill him as part of an insurance fraud scheme. To be clear, does your client maintain utter and complete innocence in this case? Go ahead. I didn't shoot him. Are you innocent of everything? I'm innocent. Yeah. If I'd have shot him, he'd have been dead. He's alive. Smith now telling his side of the story. Smith tells me he had no idea what Murdoch's plans were when he agreed to meet a man he called his close friend on a remote road in Hampton County, South Carolina. He says Murdoch showed up with a gun. And he's standing like this. He said, you going to shoot me? I said, no. He said, well, you just got to do it. And he, he made his move like, like this, you know. And I just grabbed his arm. You, you took the gun. I showed up behind him, between me and him. And it went off. The gun went off. Did it hit him? Did the bullet no. hit him? No. So that, I, that, that story There's where no he got... There's no blood on me. There's no blood on him. He didn't get shot in the head. No. We... I, Bounced off his car and I kind of made a move to get the gun and he hit the dirt, you know. And what percent are you positive that he didn't get shot? If you could put a percentage on it, thousand. There's no, he didn't get shot. So Curtis Eddie Smith said that he wasn't certain if Alec was hit as they were struggling for the gun. Curtis said that he didn't know Alec wanted to be killed until he met him on the road and the gun fired as he tried to wrestle it out of his friend's hand. So if you remember before, um, Curtis or Eddie was Alec's kind of drug dealer, I guess, gave him the drugs that he'd been addicted to for decades. So I guess that's why it says, you know, out of his friend's hand. Curtis said, I didn't shoot him. I'm innocent. If I'd have shot him, he'd be dead. He's alive. (laughs) Um, So Curtis's attorney, Johnny McCoy, said that he believes Curtis had been set up and that he also spoke to the Today Show and he said, I think that he's been set up by a person who is a drug addict who is going through horrific withdrawals, 20 years years opioids use, and I think that he is doing exactly what people with addict behaviour do. And that he tried to turn himself into a victim and he tried to turn himself into a hero. So I think a lot of that's probably true. He always seems to um, play both the victim and the hero. We'll try to in a lot of cases. I was going to say before, I feel like all the, I feel like that story's more true. I know a lot of people are saying they don't believe the, um, what's his name, Curtis? That is Eddie. Like, I think his name's Curtis and his nickname's Eddie. So if you see it referred to... Why do um, they keep doing this? I don't know. Everyone's got different names in this case. (laughs) But um, sometimes you'll see Curtis, sometimes you'll see Eddie. So it's the same person. I kind of more so believe the shooter, Curtis Eddie, (laughs) in this situation, which not that I think he's a very credible source, but just the fact that Alec had all those drugs in his system makes it seem like he was wanting to kind of kill himself and maybe be drugged up enough where he didn't suffer or have any pain and also i don't care what anyone says because the lawyer was on gma being talking about alex's alex injuries he was he was not shot in the head he did not have a fractured skull like maybe he did just say the actual medical reports and x-rays and whatever else they did because his lawyers are adamant that he was but yeah, and 
his mugshot, which was only a few days later, <laughs> he looks perfectly fine. But I almost believe what Curtis Eddie was saying that he was trying to get him to kill him. And then Curtis Eddie said no. So then Alec put the gun to his head and then wrestled. They had like a little wrestling, tried to get it out of his hand, and the gun went off. I'd believe that more than he was shot ahead. Crazy. Yeah. All right. So um, one of the other updates is from October 14, and Alex was arrested again on suspicious of misappropriating settlement funds in relation to Gloria Satterfield's death. So he waived an extradition hearing last Friday and returned to South Carolina to face the charges. He will be having a bond hearing tomorrow. Um, so I'll pop that in the blog. And when we do our um, kind of podcast release, I'll let you guys know what happened with the bond hearing. Police also released kind of new information, but I'm a bit still skeptical about this, about Gloria's death. They've actually released her proper cause of death. They've said that she fell and the blow to her head from the fall brought on a stroke and then a cardiac arrest. But I'm still not entirely sure how they can confirm, especially the fall part, because they never did an autopsy on her. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. We, um, we had some followers and from our Instagram messages with their experiences of kind of similar cases from their jobs. They've said that in terms, it's very normal for an autopsy to not be conducted in a situation like that because there's obvious trauma and she died in the hospital, so they essentially know how she died. But I would still be interested to know about the investigation into this actual alleged fall if if there was an investigation. Um, or they just took whoever's word for it. Yeah, Alec, I'm pretty sure it was Alec's word for it. So I, I would be interested to know, you know, the backstory behind this actual fall because I know we've, we spoke earlier about how it might have been caused by her falling over the family dogs and then falling down the stairs. Hopefully, once they start looking more and more into this with the arrest of Alex in relation to that case, hopefully they will release some more information. I find it interesting that they've said that Alex was kind of almost the one who initiated the compensation for her family originally. And then, as we know, he funneled all that money. So I guess yeah, that scheme all planned out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So where does that go back to? Did he push her down the stairs because he knew that he could get X amount of money for her family and then get it for himself? I don't know. I don't know how they yeah. could ever go back and investigate that. But like the rational part of me is like, the rational part of me is like, there's no way he'd plan that far ahead. But the more and more I learn about this guy, the more I'm like, mm, he actually might. Yeah, I wouldn't. Now, nothing would surprise me. But So I think that's about it in terms of up-to-date updates. Obviously, the bond hearing will happen tomorrow and no doubt there'll be some other things happening before this is released. So we'll, we'll pop it all in the blog and we'll keep you guys posted on our social media channels as well of things that happen and maybe later on in the year or early next year we can do another update based on the outcomes of all these legal proceedings against Alec. Yeah. So I guess with so many parts to this it might be good to talk about um, some theories for each one. Do you remember Ugh. that? <laughs> I don't even <laughs> we can, we can do next take if you want. No I just I just don't even know where to start. What are your theories because I really I don't know I like was there a cover, like the things I wrote down to chat about my three kind of discussion points were, was there a cover up of the boating accident? I don't think there was because everyone knows that essentially Paul did it. I think maybe they attempted to shift the blame, but they failed pretty early on. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, like it wasn't I, I do, I like do a think cover up. Yeah, a failed cover up. But he got maybe. in less trouble than he yeah. should have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, so I do think that... They tried to kind of maybe lessen what had happened, but obviously I think everyone knows that Paul was the one responsible for that. Yeah. I'll be interesting to see what comes of the Connor, um, Connor Cook lawsuit and if they, the people involved are found to have been guilty of hiding evidence and hindering the investigation. That would be interesting. Yeah, that'd be crazy. As for Gloria's death, um, I don't know. Now that I know more about Alex kind of funneling these funds, maybe he really did have this long-term plan that he knew that they would get a settlement for millions of dollars and that he would be able to access that money. Could, it could have been. Maybe it, it seems manipulative enough. He seems that delusional to think that that would happen, but like yeah. you said, it's a lot of planning. Or it and could I, have. I wonder if it could have been something to do with drugs or like him doing drugs or if she knew too much about him doing drugs maybe she knew he was doing shady stuff i guess she maybe you know this is obviously all speculation because i don't know this but maybe she knew more about the stephen smith 
thing that could be another reason yeah like if she worked for them for 20 years she's gotta know some shit so she like that means that she would have been around the boys from the time they were babies um Mm -hmm. so maybe she knew too much about either the drugs the stephen smith could even be drugs the murders alex's financial dealings. she could have known too much about anything so i guess that's also a possibility yeah maybe he instead of scheming to get the lawsuit maybe he was just trying to get rid of her and blamed it on a fall the other thing i don't i don't know who killed paul and maggie i am assuming alex was involved i'm assuming they had life insurance which i i've never ever seen it released as to the amount that they were insured for um and if it's been paid out i'm assuming probably it hasn't if it's still an ongoing investigation yeah but it's pretty hardcore to kill half your family. I don't know. I wonder why Why Buster always seems to escape these things. Fucking Buster. Buster must be the favourite. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'll yeah, be interested to I... see what comes of that. I don't think Alex actually killed them. I think he either got someone to do it or... Um, you the same guy who he hired to kill him? <laughs> well, he would have had a 50% success rate then if that's the case. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I did a better job. I feel like it has to be related to insurance somehow. Yeah. And especially if Maggie had an idea, if she got the forensic accountant and was also maybe seeking out a divorce, which is what we spoke about in the first episode, um, there has to be more going could on. Have. And he, it could be like the same with what we were just saying about Gloria. Maybe she, the wife Maggie, she was starting to look into the accounting. So I was realizing some weird things were going on. She was looking at divorce and he was like, I got to pull the plug on this. She knows too much too. Yeah. And I guess he just always thought up until now, like, you know, maybe get away if, with it. Yeah, if he, if they did have something to do with Stephen, just as speculation, they got, they've gotten away with that. They had gotten away with Gloria's death. Like all of this kind of came out after the murders. They police started looking more and more into these older cases. And they'd gotten away with Mallory's death, basically. Not that it was on purpose, but still didn't really get in much trouble. Yeah. So I feel like it, it's definitely not a random homicide for Paul and Maggie. It has to be related to Alex somehow. I hope and maybe feel that the charges for Paul and Maggie's death will surely have to come soon. If he's been this sloppy with everything else, surely. There has to be something coming for their deaths soon, hopefully before next week, so we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, updates have to ha- happen before <laughs> next two weeks, really. Oh, one thing I also wanted to add in quickly is we mm-hmm. made a bit of a lighthearted comment about where's Buster? Like, Buster oh, yeah. just seems What's to be hidden in this. There's no info really on Buster. Um, he kind of let, has been laying low, which I don't blame him if he's really the only surviving one in his family left, but... Someone sent us a message and with a photo and said they saw him at a football game <laughs> recently. So Buster's all right. Buster's still going. He's not thriving, but he's gone. <laughs> I found his Twitter as well. He hasn't updated it since before the murders, which is, you know, understandable. But um, Buster seems to be doing okay for now, which I guess is good news. I'd love for him to do like a tell-all one An day. An expose, yeah. Yeah, because I just want to know. I think it's so crazy the amount of drugs that that alec was doing i'd love to know what their home life was like and if they ever like not that he would really say but i would just like to know if they ever knew how shady a lot of this stuff was i feel like they must know some of it but they just probably buster probably has some crazy stories i feel like alec probably surely has to go to jail at some point soon for a very long period of time so maybe when that happens buster will let loose go rogue He's got to sell that interview to keep up his yeah. lavish income. His furs and boats and hunting lodges. Hunting lodges. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for the Murdochs for now. So I did a little bit of a poll on our Instagram. Um, so the two, we've got a few kind of ideas for cases and episodes. And the one that people seem to want to hear about first is the, well, I guess, the cases of Jelani Day and Daniel Robinson. Um, Jelani was found dead in September and Daniel Robinson is still missing in Arizona. So I've got the scripts for that done. We'll record that later on this week. So that is what is coming up next. And we have a few other good ideas in the next few weeks. So stay tuned and look at our Instagram if you guys want to have a say about the cases that you want us to cover. Like we said, next week we'll try switching up the format a bit. So we'll see how that goes. Stay tuned. But as always, follow us on instagram if you want to get live quick updates on our stories um our twitter 
our Facebook groups, and the forum at truecrimesociety.com. Blogs at truecrimesocietyblog.com. That's where we put all the show notes, any clips we use, videos, whatever. It's all there. We link it everywhere, so you'll find it. Yep. But otherwise, we will talk to you guys next time. Have a good week. Bye.